0: Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, amazing people? Let's talk about supplements. Hope everybody's doing awesome, by the way. By the way. I'm going to talk about supplements because it's pretty much the number one thing I get asked about on social media. It is my least favorite topic, but it is the number one thing that people ask about. And I think there's a correlation there. And I think that as, a, as an educator, as someone who cares about you all winning, and someone who knows what it takes to get the result that all of you seek, uh, it gets annoying to me that... Supplements are the focal point for a lot of people because for a lot of people, it's you're searching for the hack. You're searching for the miracle. You're searching for something that keeps you from doing the hard stuff. You're searching for something to avoid pain. You're searching for something to keep you from having to establish behavior modification, habits, lifestyle change. You're searching for something that makes you feel good instead of doing the things that are monotonous, not sexy, repetitive, and the things that actually lead to success. I I get annoyed with it because our populace is doing that as a whole. We are an avoidance of pain just as a society, and we're constantly looking for the miracle, but the miracle is hidden in the work you're avoiding. And so that's why I don't like talking about supplements because on the totem pole of things that actually get fat loss results, right? So like the top of the totem pole would be your nutrition activity level, right? Like your step count your protein intake, your weightlifting, your strength training, right? Those are the things that elicit fat loss. And then at the bottom of the totem pole, we have, you know, things like, um, sleep and actually sleep is probably pretty high up there. But anyway, you have this totem pole underneath the totem pole underground buried six feet down is supplements. Like supplements don't even make the totem pole because you can get amazing results, maintain results without any supplements ever. And the, even if everything is optimal with your nutrition and training, supplements make like a 1% difference. And 90% of people don't have optimal nutrition or training. So if you're not optimal, and they only work if you're optimal, why spend so much money on them? Well, we're going to talk about that. So on this episode, I'm going to talk about um, why supplements are the number one thing you get asked about. We're going to talk about marketing, the FDA, social media algorithms, you know, email campaigns, ad targeting. We're going to talk about who do you believe, right? Who do you believe when it comes to supplements? We're going to talk about why data is important when evaluating the efficacy of supplements. We're going to talk about the placebo effect. We're going to talk about, I'm going to kind of give you a hierarchy of supplements from the most bullshit to middle of the road to the ones that actually do something in your body. And then I'll talk about what supplements I take, what supplements maybe my partner takes and why. And what supplements I give Denver, like my child. So why are supplements the number one thing I get asked about? Well, I kind of went over that. You know, it's because the way they're marketed has us believe that they are the miracle, that they are the shiny thing that's going to make us be able to work less and get the same results. and I get that. I'm a huge fan of working smarter not harder, um, but there are some foundational things that have to be in place in order to progress, especially with fat loss. And I'm just you know I, 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 i'm I'm here to tell you that. Supplements are not that thing. They're not the hack. They're not the miracle. They're not the thing that's going to suddenly make you walk more, suddenly make you want to go build your strength, consume more protein, set boundaries in your life. You know, like all the things that, you know, manage your time better, uh, change your priorities. You can't inject habits, right? You can't... There's no pill or potion that's going to make you suddenly change your behavior and do it consistently in order to get a new outcome in your life, right? It's multifaceted to change your outcomes, especially with your health. And the reason why the number one thing I get asked about is the obviously the illusion of them being an easy button, but also the way they're marketed. So the FDA um, is very loosey-goosey on supplements. Unless a company puts something illegal in the ingredients, um, they're, they're unregulated for the most part. And a lot of companies put a lot of bullshit in the supplements and they make claims that are outlandish because it's a comp- it's a competitive market, right? It's a capitalist market. And so whoever has the the best claim and the most outrageous claim and whoever narrows down their marketing to an audience that it's it emotionally resonates with and whoever can be the most volatile, stand out and have, you know, the the best testimonials, the best claims, they're going to they're going to get the business, right? And so since that's the case, what do you do? Well, you make the the most outlandish claims. And since the uh, introduction of social media and algorithms, and you know now email campaigns and targeting, it's wild how fast you get targeted by a supplement company. You know they have pixels installed on on Facebook and and and, uh, and their websites to where, you know, and I know this because I have a business that runs ads. And if you click on an ad from your Facebook profile or from your Instagram profile or TikTok or wherever, they are registering your. Uh, email and your um, social media accounts, without you even knowing it, you're already in their funnel. And so they have different funnels based on whether you click through and buy something, whether you click on and don't buy something, whether you click through and just view the website. If you subscribe to the discount list that pops up, we'll get 20% off if you subscribe to our emails. They don't need your permission. And the second you click, you're in it and you're going to get hit with multiple campaigns and i know again i know this because i do the same thing with my business not a supplement but it's a service right and so any business is it's in their best interest to target people who show interest in their in their product or their service so that's what they're going to do they're going to they're going to wrap you into this funnel where they start you know churning out emails right And so this gets in your subconscious. You start seeing the marketing. You start seeing the emails. You start... They're they're everywhere, right? When you scroll on Facebook, you start seeing more of their ads. Facebook will start... The second you click, Facebook is going to start curating your feed to show more of that thing. Other companies also design ad campaigns or email campaigns based on your interest in a competitor. So if you click on, say, one protein supplement or one fat burner, you're going to not only get emails from that company, but also emails from their competitors because you showed interest in that product, right? And so that's something to keep in mind, too. So from the jump, from jump, from when you click, you're going to start getting pounded with ads. And so you have the subconscious effect, you have the cumulative effect of seeing the advertising over and over and you have really good copywriters now that know how to write their ads I mean you know companies and again this includes myself I have a copywriter for my ads not my content but my ads and a lot of my emails it's well you're getting curated language that is very emotionally resonant by an, that, you know from an expert that knows the audience that knows how to grip you because again this competitive market how are they going to get you to stop scrolling how are they going to get your attention so ads get really outlandish and the claims get outlandish, and the you know they the can be very misleading, because these claims don't have to be based on data. Supplement companies don't have to base their claims on data. So you can have quote unquote fat burning products that say you know burn fat easily, burn fat quickly. You know it's always like a yay without boo sort of mentality where it's get X Y Z result without sacrificing X Y Z, right? Because any good business understands that the consumer wants to get the result with the least amount of effort and the quickest amount of time. So the more they can base their claim around that framework, the more effective their marketing is going to be. Right. So you also have to look at your favorite influencers, the spokespeople for products. Right. I mean, this has been going on since the 80s. You look in the back of bodybuilding magazines, you got Arnold, you know, advertising a protein powder when the guy was loaded on steroids. All those guys were not taken away from their physiques, not taken away from their hard, hard work. And I'm not taken away from their amazing nutrition that went along with that hard, hard work. But I am very critical of someone who says, take this to look like me and doesn't give any context because it's misleading, right? So that was, that's more for men. For women, you have these women who are marketing skincare products, you know, training programs, waist trainers, you know, different kinds of fat-burning creams and uh, apparel, and all these things. And they've, you know, a lot of them have, are doing performance-enhancing drugs. A lot of them have had, you know, cosmetic procedures to their bodies, you know, body body modification. And you don't hear that in the advertisement, right? There's no disclaimer there. They're just saying, hey, do this. And the overall vibe is you'll look like them if you take that product. And and then then we get into all the body dysmorphia and the the expectations and the comparison this can create. But they know, these companies know, they want to play on your heartstrings. They want to hit you where it hurts and where it's going to take effect in your psyche. And that is, for women, the way your body looks and the way you feel about your body and maybe altering it in some way by using a product that makes it easy. So it's multi-layered. It's just as hard. It's just as it's hard in different ways, but it's just as hard on men as it is women. Like for men, it's, you know, how to be a man and how to, you know, this is going to make you alpha and oh, because a lot of men are looking for a blueprint to, you know, look a certain way, feel a certain way, be the alpha male portrayed in, you know, whatever context. And they want to know well, what do I do to look like that? What's the blueprint to be like this? So they don't have to think, they don't have to have critical thinking or, or personal development. They just do whatever the blueprint is, and that will get them X Y Z result. It'll get them the woman, get them the car, get them the money, right? And for women, it's oh, well, you know, take this product, do this thing, wear this clothes, do this, and then you'll get the attention that you so badly crave, or you'll you know get the validation or this or the. You'll get the the body, the whatever it is you're looking for, right? The weight loss, the the curves, the bigger booty, the larger breasts, the wrinkle-free face, all the things that the marketing convinces you need. You know, they can a lot of people convince you, you have a sickness, and the only cure is their product. And so, I don't mean to digress, but just kind of showcasing how multi-layered this gets on the human psyche and supplements the supplement industry plays on all of this stuff, right? So bringing it back to who do you believe, right? So knowing this, when you have people who are advertising products, who do you believe when it comes to the efficacy of a product or like which supplements actually do anything or are worth a shit? Well, I mean, if you want to get really black and white about it, you're going to believe somebody, number one, who doesn't have vested, vested interest. Like if you're, if you want to know the supplements is good or not, there's a lot of reviews now on like unbiased reviews on products on YouTube uh, elsewhere. Some people's accounts are solely structured around reviews, right? And they'll make videos and you want to make sure they have no skin in the game or vested interests. You know, obviously people, there are integral people who do own businesses. I mean, I'm and I'm not demonizing business. I'm not demonizing supplement company owners whatsoever. But a truly honest review is going to come from someone who, number one, has no skin in the game or vested interest, and also someone who is evidence based, okay? Someone who is integral, someone who, you know, is going to tell the truth no matter what and cite evidence for the claims of their supplement, right? We saw this like one of the most controversial things within nutrition is this stupid ass documentary, Game Changers, on Netflix, where it's heavily plant-based, right? But then when you look at the makers of that film, every single person involved, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and, and everyone else, they have a vested interest because they own a plant-based supplement company or have some kind of product based on plant-based ingredients. So of course, it's in their best interest to demonize meat and push people to do plant-based. That The data behind that documentary has been absolutely picked apart. Just Google Lane Norton Game Changers documentary and... There's multiple articles of Lane Norton, who's someone who's very evidence-based, just debunking every claim in that film, because it's again, it literally, like my father almost went plant-based after watching that, and that's a guy who's been, you know, he's knowledgeable, he's a smart guy, and it almost got him, and I had to send him those uh, those evidence-based reviews so he could, you know, get a better perspective on it because they're very compelling in that documentary. Point being, you know, it is in people's best interest to sway you a certain way so that they make more money and i'm not knocking hustle i'm not knocking you know people's drive to make more money and i don't believe money is a bad thing whatsoever money is very neutral money is neutral energy like we receive money based on the impact we make in the world and the greater the impact the greater the money and then the, the greater we can greater impact we can make as a result of that money that's why that's how i view money right so i'm not demonizing money if you hate money you hate rich people you're never going to have either so you know i'm very neutral on the subject of money but it's in people's best interest to sway you a certain way if it behooves their supplement company, right? So believe people who have no skin in the game, people who are doing honest reviews, people who are evidence-based and don't stand any, to gain anything by swaying you a certain way one way or the other, right? And here's why data is important. Data. Now, when I say data, I mean fucking data. I don't mean a TikTok video. I don't mean an Instagram video. I don't mean a Facebook article. I don't mean... Paul Saladino telling you that toothpaste is shrinking babies' taints and spinach is going to kill you, right? That's not data. That's someone who is taking advantage of extreme outlandish claims to get your attention and then ultimately sell you a supplement, okay? Data means PubMed, medical journal, meta analysis, human randomized control trials. That is data. That is evidence. And so when you're Making a decision about your health and the health of your family, and something you're going to put into your body from an industry that's not regulated, you want to have substantial reasons for doing so. That's why data is important. And that's why, you know, it's sometimes dangerous, these claims that are made by people online. But you want to be an evidence based family, meaning if you're going to start putting something in your body, your child's body, your your family's body by means of a supplement. You need to have evidence for why you're doing that. Think about it. Why would you just willy-nilly consume something that doesn't have proof that it does the things that it claims or that it has benefit to the body? When it sounds super common sense, but it's because the reason why we do it is because we most people don't give a shit about data. They just want confirmation of their beliefs. They want to feel good rather than do what is sensible. And I mean, I experience this every day with people who ask me the great the, how I know someone just wants confirmation of their beliefs and they don't actually want the answer is a thoughts on question. And it's the number one type of question I get. Thoughts on creatine. Thoughts on ketones. Thoughts on fat burners. Thoughts on magnesium. When you say thoughts on, that's the laziest fucking way to an- ask a question you could possibly ask. You, when I, when someone asks me a thoughts on question, I understand that they're just they're just trying to. It's the laziest. It's the laziest way to ask a question because you're not. You don't actually want the answer because there's no specificity. There's no context. You just want confirmations of their beliefs. You already believe something about what you've asked, and you are just wanting me to confirm it. So. That's just a that's just a little note for you all who are asking me questions on these Q&As. If you ask me a thoughts on question, I'm probably not going to answer it. Because again, it's lazy. Give me context. In regards to what? Thoughts on creatine? In regards to what? Thoughts on fat burners? In regards to what? Thoughts on carbs? In regards to what? Deborah. just give me some context. If you truly want, want an education and information, you will... Ask me a question that is more specific and you won't ask me something you can go fucking Google right now and get an answer, right? Like thoughts on protein sources? Google protein sources. I don't mean to be a dick right now. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just the laziness that I witness every day on social media is just wild to me. I am an educator. I will give you all the information in the world, but you need to be a little bit more specific with your questions. I digress. I got off on a rant there. Let's get back to it. (laughs) That's why data is important. You want evidence. For your decisions, you want some kind of basis to to place. You want you want to make your your health decisions with with basis and evidence and and data, right? Well, where do you find that? Well, just do a search on Google. Just say, "Hey, PubMed data on whey protein or benefits of creatine monohydrate." PubMed now. It's going to be boring. It's not sexy, but you can find us. If there's data on it, you will find a study that says this, you know, creatine shown to increase, you know, skeletal muscle in men over 60, women over four, whatever. There'll be a study on it. You'll be like, oh, okay, cool. So there is some human data. Now, why do I say human data? This could be a whole other podcast episode, but holy shit, the amount of people who lose their minds over claims made by people who saw a study based on data gained from a Petri dish or a mealworm or mice. Let me tell you something. This happens all the time with stuff like artificial sweeteners, fucking aspartame. Um, If that's how you say aspartame, I don't know how the hell you say it. They'll run rampant with these studies that are not from humans. Now, why is that important? Because the dose makes the poison. Remember that phrase, the dose makes the poison. What that means is In these studies where there was like deleterious effects from an ingredient, a select chemical or ingredient, there's chemicals in everything we eat, by the way, just look at the ingredients of a banana. There's 15 chemicals or more. The dose is 20 times what it would be or more 200 times sometimes or more than what it would be in a human. And in a human, the appropriate dose would do zilch of that same chemical. Sweetener, ingredient, et cetera. And so that's very important when we look at data, it needs to be human, randomized controlled trials. A meta-analysis is another important term because a meta-analysis is a, a collection of studies where we we gather the data from multiple, multiple studies on the same subject and look at that data. Now that is going to be an, that's going to be an accurate depiction of data because you have data from all sorts of different studies, not just one study, right? So that's really important as well. When you have a supplement with data on it and it comes from a meta-analysis, that is strong. That data is strong. All right, the placebo effect. This is another big deal because it's very powerful. Basically, it is, if you believe it's going to work, it's going to work. And we've seen this in studies where, for instance, there was a study where uh, people were given, two, two different groups were given the same milkshake or some kind of shake. One group was told, "Hey, this shake is going to make you feel good. You're going to have so much energy. It's a stimulant. It's going to, uh, you know, make you uh, have better cognitive, you know, all these positive effects." Right. The other group was told, "Hey, this shake is going to make you feel like shit. It's loaded with sugar. It's going to make you probably feel a little bit lethargic. You know, it's just not that great for you." Right. And I'm paraphrasing here. You can look up the study. I don't have it on me to quote, but it's a very real study and. The group that was told, again, same shake, same ingredients. The group that was told it would do positive effects felt awesome. The group that told it, that was told that had negative effects and it had shitty ingredients felt like shit. Same shake, two different effects in the groups, right? What does that tell us? Well, we be- what we believe is going to happen is going to happen in our body. Our body is powerful. Our mind is very powerful. The placebo effect is very powerful. So there are a lot of people who take supplements and swear up and down they work, anecdotally, but it's all in their head. It's all in their head. And that's okay. Like, you know, what, you know, if it's like, who's to tell them differently, right? It's like on Inception where all those people are asleep, right? And they ask the guy who's uh, down there. And he's like, so they just come down here to to sleep all the time. He's like, they come down here to wake up, right? And he's like, who are you to tell them otherwise? Kind of the same thing. I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's kind of the same thing here. It's You know, somebody says something's working and it's working and they feel good, well, who are we tell, tell them otherwise, right? But is it actually working, you know? Well, debatable. So just want to be, you know, cognitive. We want to be cognizant of the placebo effect. It is a real thing. And a lot of people think things work because they think they work. Let's talk about the most bullshit supplements, All right. So here's the hierarchy. I'm just going to go ahead and get tactical here to wrap up. The most bullshit supplements that really don't do anything, but people are spending a lot of money on them, cleanses. Oh my god, cleanses! And people are diehard cleanse fans because they're like, "Oh my god, this is I feel so good. I lost weight." Yeah, you lost weight because you're shitting your brains out, Deborah. You have screen door shits because you have ingested a bunch of chemicals that are making you shit your brains out. Cleanses don't do anything. Cleanses and detoxes will just lump in the same category. And people are going to be like, Oh my God, I took it and I felt great. Great. That's awesome. It didn't do anything for you. Your blood markers didn't improve. Your, and, and, and anything that did improve was a result of something else, as in consuming less calories. And this is something that happens all the time. People take these products, these cleanses and detoxes, and they shit their brains out and don't eat as much. And they lose weight. And they're like, oh my God, it must have been this product. No, you ate less food. You consume less calories because that's what weight loss comes down to. It's how many calories you're consuming versus how, many, how much energy you're expending. I say energy because it's all encompassing, not just calories. But that's what weight loss comes down to. So people take these products, they lose five or six pounds of water weight. And they're like, oh my God, it was a detox. No, you just ate less for a few days and expended maybe more energy or what have you. right? And a lot of these companies are real clever. Because they'll tell you for best results, do this, you know, you know, go work out or whatever. And so naturally you work out more because you're taking the product and you expend more energy and you consume less calories. So you lost weight. And then you claim it's because of the supplement. It's like, no, there's no data behind them, no evidence that they work whatsoever. Your liver detoxes your body. Your liver and kidneys detox your body. Your organs do that just fine. Cleanses and detoxes don't enhance that effect. They don't make them work better. They don't detox or cleanse you extra. They don't excrete waste from you any more than your body is already doing. And that's backed by the lack of evidence concerning all the above. You are spending money on something that does nothing. Fat burners. The next one that is just absolute bullshit. There is nothing. There is nothing on this planet that you can put into your body Now we can get into the GLP-1 agonists like semaglutide and manjaro and et cetera, (laughs) but excluding those, right? Which those are debatable too because you lose so much muscle and there's other deleterious health effects associated, but without getting into those, there is nothing you can put into your body that's gonna make you burn fat, nothing. There is no thermogenic. There is no green tea extract. There is nothing that you can put into your body and make you burn fat. Nothing. The only thing that burns fat is being in a negative energy balance at the end of the day, on average, consistently over time. Meaning day after day after day, you're averaging less energy than you... uh, You are expending more energy than you consumed. That's that's it. That's the only way you burn fat. That's it. Cardio can uh, burn a few extra calories. Weight training burns a few extra calories and shapes your body, right? Walking a lot makes you burn a few extra calories or makes you expend more energy. Having more muscle tissue, you're going to expend more energy. Eating more protein, you're going to expend more energy digesting that protein. But nothing you put inside of you, I, maybe pro, we'll say protein. Maybe, maybe technically we can say protein here because protein has the highest thermic effect of food, meaning you uh, burn more calories digesting protein than any other macronutrient. So maybe we say protein, right? And not protein, the supplement. I'm just saying protein in general, the macronutrient. But it doesn't burn fat. (laughs) It makes you expend more energy. It doesn't burn visceral, subcutaneous fat. Doesn't. No adipose, nothing. Doesn't burn fat. Ketones. Holy dog shit. Ketones are one of the biggest scams in history. And they're, God, they're just riding that keto wave. It's, oh, you're already doing this stupid diet with... You know, no data that it's advantageous to a caloric, just a straight up caloric deficit whatsoever. Let's couple with that, and they're taking advantage of that. By the way, they're like, "Oh, these people are already impressionable. These people doing keto are so impressionable. They they join Al Qaeda if they got on the wrong flight. Let's let's go. Let's they're so impressionable. Let's go ahead and also get them to take these raspberry ketones and make them believe they're going to burn more fat because these people are so interested in the shortcut and the fast track." That we know they're gonna. We we know this is already a gullible community of people. And if you've done keto, I'm not bashing you right now. I'm not. I've done some dumb shit, way dumber than keto, in order to change my body. I've done some stupid stuff in order to modify, change my body. Right? You know, I did uh, arguably something that's more unhealthy than keto. And that's anabolic steroids. It's in my twenties. So I'm look. This is not coming from a high horse. I'm trying to help you. And we're just making light of our dumb decisions that we make. Okay. And keto is one of them. And it's, like, it's just not, never pans out. I don't know anybody aside from uh, people who, you know, have certain autoimmune diseases or metabolic diseases that can long term keto, right? So I'm not saying it's for, it's, this is for 100% of people, but it's for damn near all of you. Uh, keto ain't the move, especially women especially women, you need carbohydrates. Anyway, they find this community of people that's already gullible and they're like, here, let's shove this supplement down their throat too because we know they're gullible and they're already like balls to the wall with this lifestyle. So they're, you know they'll take this shit. Ketones, there is one use for ketones and that's as a doorstop. Usually the canisters are pretty heavy. They can stop a door. So if you, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, ketones don't do, it, introducing exogenous quote unquote ketones to your body does not make you burn fat. It's not advantageous. No data behind them. All right. So then we go to the middle of the road supplements. And these are the ones that have some benefits if your nutrition is on point. And most of people don't have optimal nutrition, just throwing that out there. But they can provide some benefits. If everything else is in line, they're okay. And those are essential amino acids. So that's your nine essential amino acids, not your Four-branch chain amino acids, BCAAs, trash. Just throw them in the same trash you put the ketones in, because BCAAs don't do anything because they're just the four-branch chain amino acids. They're, that's not a complete. It's not any of the essential ones. So, you, if you're supplementing the all, all the essential amino acids, all nine, you got the leucine, the the valine, all all the good ones, right? Essentially, that actually do help you retain muscle tissue uh, in a caloric deficit and do help protein synthesis. Those are going to help you a little bit, right? A little bit, marginally, marginally, like probably 1%, but they will help technically. There is some data behind it. Glucose disposal agents, these are kind of niche. These are something that is mostly, it's mostly used in the bodybuilding community, fitness community, and they are, they help, you know, they help you, they basically lower your blood sugar so you can take advantage of carbohydrates a little bit more. I use those from time to time, depending on what I'm doing, but they can, uh, ideally, you take those like a high calorie meal. Again, If you're eating like shit, you're not training, like they're not going to do anything for you. Just period. They're not. It's a very niche supplement. So that's something that can marginally help. Probiotics. Now I'm torn on this one. Probiotics actually, I don't know why I put them in middle of the road because if thing is, so probiotics need prebiotics to survive. Probiotics consume prebiotics to, to produce postbiotics. So if you just have a pill, a capsule with just probiotics in it, it's essentially just dead bacteria. So most probiotics are bullshit. The reason why I put middle of the road is because you can get probiotics from fermented food. And then they do a lot of benefit for you. So this is one that can either be bullshit or something that's really good for you. I'm a huge believer in fermented food. I eat fermented food almost every day. Real fermented food, like sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, uh, kefir or kefir, however you say it. I'm a huge fan of fermented food. I get mine from Fermenting Fairy. Shout out to to Lauren at Fermentin, Fermenting Fairy. Code, Maver- code Maverick gets you 10% off. Of your order and all those proceeds go to women's charities uh, i don't that's that's what i use that for but i'm a huge advocate of fermented food because raw fermented food gives you those good the good bacteria uh, the healthy bacteria and so very useful if you're taking like antibiotics and stuff like that to repopulate your your microbiome supplements that actually do something so here's the top of the hierarchy ones with data behind them ones with evidence that they actually do something and they have the ingredients that they claim to have whey protein. Now, I get asked about whey protein almost as much as I do about creatine. It's not a fucking miracle. It's not fairy dust. It's Just because it's in a powder doesn't mean it's some magical dust that's going to enhance your results. It's just protein. It's just extra protein on top of the protein you're consuming from food. So just view it as that. You need to be getting majority of your protein from your food because that is going to have the most diverse amino acid and micronutrient profile coming from food so your meats, your salmon, your fish, your your legumes, your edamame, your yogurts, your your dairy, your eggs, your cottage cheese, all that that eat a variety of protein and you're good. If you need an extra, if you're really trying to increase your protein, that's great and you've you know, you're about 80% there for the day. Use a shake to round it out. If you're on the go, use a protein shake between meals to get some extra protein. That's what it's for. It is not a magic supplement. It's just something to give you some extra of what you're already getting from food. Creatine monohydrate. This is another one with lots of data behind it. It is also not a magical powder. You're already getting creatine from meat sources, red meat, fish, et cetera, right? So you're already getting it. It's already in your body. So that's why when I get the question, should women take it? You already have it, okay? But supplementing it can help you replenish what is called adenine triphosphate uh, or adenosine triphosphate. I always mess up that word. Anyway, it's ATP, for short, and that is the molecule that enables you to do work, to perform to exert energy during your workouts. So replenishing it with creatine uh, can help you exert more force in the gym and therefore make more progress and recover faster. Now, again, if your nutrition is trash, it's not going to do anything for you because nutrition is everything, right? And if your lifestyle sucks, if you're not active, don't expect creatine to make a huge difference with you, okay? It's fine for women. If you want to take it, take it. Use monohydrate. That's the only form that actually does anything. It's also the cheapest. So don't get convinced by supplement companies that sell like phosphate and all that bullshit. Like, Just take monohydrate. It's cheap. It's effective if you, your nutrition is on point, etc. Fish oil It's another one. It just provides you with some select nutrients like DHA, EPA. Omega-3s. Usually you don't get those. A lot of people don't get those from the nutrition. So it's one, that's just like an umbrella recommendation that fish oil can help round out that micronutrient profile for you. Get a quality one. Nordic Naturals is a brand that I use. Any high-rated brand is probably okay. Multivitamin, well, you know, that's like you're just rounding out your micronutrient profile, right? It's all you're doing with a multivitamin. It's not going to enhance your results, make you feel awesome or anything. It's just something that if you know, have a hard time getting all your nutrients from food, multivitamins can do it. And that's it, y'all. <laughs> that's it. Aside from that, when we talk about well, what about... Because the questions I always get, what about magnesium? What about vitamin D? What about B12? Okay. If you're deficient on those things, absolutely. Then take them. Just use your common sense. right? But if you're not deficient, then you don't need them. They're not going to make a huge difference. Now, I will say that most people who are eating this, especially eating the standard American diet, are deficient on vitamin D and magnesium, iodine, selenium, B12, right? Okay. You want to take them? Take them. That's fine. They can benefit you if you're deficient. And I will say most people are deficient on those things. They're not going to give you a huge advantage to fat burning. They're not going to give you a huge advantage to your counterparts. The, again... If your nutrition and lifestyle suck and they're not optimal with your or congruent with your goals, none of these things are going to do anything for you. You need to save your money. But if you are checking those boxes, and the boxes being your step count is where it needs to be, you're walking a lot, right? You're consuming sufficient protein from food, you are getting stronger, and you have some kind of handle on your caloric intake if you have a weight loss goal. If you are crushing those four things, sure, add some supplements in to help you round out the rest. And that's where they come in. They're the last little five, five percent of your progress that will help you help your body get what it needs to function. Okay. glutathione is another one. It's an antioxidant produced in the body. It's the most powerful antioxidant produced by the body. And if you get injectable glutathione or there's some oral kinds that are decently bioavailable, that can help with your antioxidant activity in the body. Your, you know, quote unquote, your detox. That's one that I take. Now, what supplements do I take? Some people ask me that. Some, if you're interested, the ones that I take, I, t- I do take a protein and put it in my coffee. Gives me a head start on my protein for sure for the day because your boy's got to eat 200 plus grams of protein. So I got to supplement. It. There's no way I can get all that from food. So absolutely, I use protein. Way, I use whey isolate, use chocolate, put in my coffee. Sometimes I'll drink a shake before bed as well, if I need to get a little bit extra. But I, in between that, I'm eating a lot of food, right? I also use creatine, monohydrate. Because again, I, I hit my protein goal. I'm active. I lift weights. It benefits me to use creatine. Very marginally, I understand that. But at this point in my career, in my, you know, development as a 33-year-old, almost 34-year-old, wanting to, you know, continue to progress and, and maintain a certain level of strength, creatine, even if it helps 1%, is worth it to me. I take fish oil, like I said. I do take vitamin D because I got blood work and I was deficient on it. So I take you know, between 5 and 10,000 IUs of D3 a day. Now, that's my dosage, not yours. I'm a large man. I need a little bit more. You also obviously have to factor in your absorption of said thing. I take vitamin D plus K2. Vitamin K2 is also one that a lot of people are deficient on. And the, the combination of the two helps have a synergistic effect on absorption. So I take vitamin D plus K2. I take zinc, a special kind of zinc, a chelate. Any vitamin that I take is liposomal, meaning it bypasses the blood-brain barrier and absorbs, absorbs a little better than your typical vitamins. Now, I will say, there is it does matter which form of vitamin that you take, if you do take vitamins. Um, you know The methyl form or the chelated form of these things tend to absorb best in the body. And that's why it is important. I, I use completely liposomal vitamins. That is one thing that I will say. Uh, what else do I take? I take zinc. I take, because zinc is very important for testosterone production. That's important to me as a male and as someone who's just you know interested in hormones. I am on hormone replacement therapy. That's not really a supplement. That's hormones. I, I separate the two, right? So I, I do, I am prescribed testosterone, 200 milligrams a week, I think. Yeah. So a healthy HRT dose, and I'm a larger person, then my response is low. So I need a little bit more than the average guy. That puts me at the high, the high in the normal high range, which is where you want to be as a male my age. What else do I take? I take, um, what else? I think that's it. Oh, I do take magnesium. I take magnesium. Oh, and I do want to hit on magnesium real quick. The only two forms of magnesium I really advocate are L3 and 8 and bisglycinate. Those are the most absorbable kinds. I take L3 and 8 in the morning. I take bisglycinate at night. Bisglycinate tends to help you relax and sleep a little bit better. So I take it before bed. And that's it. I think that's it. Sometimes I take nootropics, certain nootropics for cognitive function. And I like the way they make me feel. Lion's mane, which is from from mushrooms, obviously. There's a couple other ones. Turkey tail and a few others. I take like a mushroom compound. That's an extract from the actual mushroom from a local place. So I know it's legit. That's about it. That's about all I take. A lot of people think I'm on loads of steroids, but I'm not. I did take steroids in my 20s, uh, but have not taken steroids in years and don't ever plan to again. I'm just fine with just having optimal testosterone levels. That's it. That's all I take. And that's it. Yeah. I have used therapeutic doses of growth hormone from, again, prescribed by a doctor, very expensive in the past. But I just didn't see a ton of benefit from that at a therapeutic dose. That's so something I no longer take. Didn't really see much of anything from that um, because it was just a, such a low dose. It was a it was an anti-aging dose. It wasn't a bodybuilder or anything dose. So that's not something that I'd, I'd take anymore i just take my testosterone and my my supplements, and that's it. It's a food and a shit ton of training. Not a shit ton, actually. I, I just train. my. It's very efficient. I train very hard for a short period of time, three times a week. And I also run once or twice a week. Very healthy amount of sexual activity. I do factor in with energy expenditure. Um, you know, adds up. And that's it. All right. I hope you got value from this. If you have any questions about any of this just dm me on instagram i always answer my dms send me an email i always answer my emails and uh, i appreciate you all for listening have an awesome rest of your day ESV out if you liked what you heard on this episode ladies share it with your friends and if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you check out the link for the revenge body metabolic revamp you can find that in the show notes and remember ladies you are powerful